From the Aleuts at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. And you know what? It's draft week, and we've got a lot of stuff to cover. And we're going to start with this one. It's going to be a lot of fun because we're talking D-line. Interior defensive lineman. I know what you're saying. We just signed a couple of guys. We just got Mr. Maurice Hurst. We just brought in Arden Key. Why in the world would the 49ers target a defensive lineman? Well, you never know, right? And you want to be ready and prepared in case it happens. So we're trying to help you all out here as well as prepare ourselves for some guys that could go off boards early, middle, late, that the 49ers could go out and grab that fit well in the scheme. And we're excited about a few of these names. We are. And before we jump completely into this, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Help us get to our target of 750 before the draft. You could really help us out. But let's get into this because it's going to be a fun one. And the first guy is one guy that we love to watch the film speaks for itself aleem mcneil from north carolina state alex how you feeling about this guy because you were the first one that was on him and i know he's one of your favorites this guy is incredible uh he is a relentless pass rusher there are some questions and some current concerns about his ability in the run game right um the 6-2 doesn't necessarily bode well for a big guy inside in terms of height um, going against some of those bigger guards, bigger tackles, things of that nature. Uh, but he's not small, not small in stature by any means. And the six-two frame, while some people may say six, see, may see six-two and think undersized in terms of height, the weight is there, the power is there, the explosiveness is there. Right there on the slide says it. Quick first step, it is an explosive first. He flies off the ball yeah. on snap counts. Great hands. He's got wonderful hand placement, especially on his rip move, especially on his swim move which is something you don't see a lot of with interior defensive linemen coming out of college right away, is a good swim technique move or rip move. Not having one, or, he's got both. They're pretty solid, fantastic across the board. Um, the low pad level obviously helps. A little, little lower center of gravity as well plays to his favor. Um, the big concern with him is just going to be his dominance in the run game. Is he going to be a guy who can set, set himself in place, not get pushed around and get pushed out of gaps? and can control in the run game a little bit more. I have no concerns about this guy in the pass. He is explosive off the ball. He is a problem to deal with if you're a center or a guard in space. You're gonna have to send two to him off the jump on pass rushing downs. I really, really want them to go after this guy in the second round. I just don't know if it's possible. Ant, what do you think? I think there's also a big question if he's going to be a nose tackle or a three tech. Mm. You know, I think that's the question and how teams see him. You know, I mean, if you see him as a three tech, that's a penetration type guy, then he's somebody that you're definitely interested because in, he gets a lot of penetration on snaps, gets up the field and cause havoc. Is he disciplined enough to get down the line and make plays in the run? That's the question because he likes to fly up field and be there for, you know, pass rush and that kind of thing. But then gets out of position when they run outside runs and stuff like that. So really this guy breaking him down and what scheme, you know, scheme fits, he does make sense for the 49ers because Chris Cassera can train him and teach him more discipline in the run game. Uh, he's, he's a big body. And the 49ers have no problems having shorter defensive tackles. They have some guys on the roster right now that are pretty, you know, close to his height and size. 
So, I mean, but he pops on film. He really does. I mean, he gets up the field and he causes havoc. Um, he just gets a lot of penetration. And he's a, one of those guys that you watch and he kind of reminds me of kind of the impact as far as in the backfield that you saw from Kinlaw last year when you watch mm -hmm. film. Now he's a different stature, a different type of player, but just the fact that he's a penetrator and that can cause problems. And then you've seen Kinlaw has already developed in the run game a lot better than anticipated mm -hmm. in one year. So you could expect something similar from this guy working with Kacarek. So, I mean, if the 49ers went ahead and targeted him in round two, I know me and you would both be excited. In Man. fact, on, on my mock draft, I had a big decision between him and then an offensive lineman. I ended up going offensive lineman, but it was really hard. I mean, at any time that guy is on the board there in, in the second round, 43 or even a little bit later if I've moved back, I, I want to pull the trigger every single yeah. time. I love this guy. I think he's going to be a breakout star of this class, especially since there's not a lot of big defensive interior lineman names going out there outside of Christian Barrymore. I think this guy's special. I think he might be one of the best ones in this draft at that position. I think he's going to have a big, huge, fat career. I wish it was going to be in San Francisco. I think he'd fit perfectly in the scheme. I just don't know if it's possible. Yeah, and if you're wondering why we didn't talk about Christian Barrymore, it's because the 49ers have zero chance of getting him. Correct. He's going to go in the first round, so we didn't really talk about him. If we would have been talking about pick 12 still, we would have talked about him. But Oh, easily we would have talked about Barrymore. Right now, we're just talking about guys that would make sense for the 49ers, and not even all the names, just some of them that we've kind of cherry-picked. Of course. I mean, you can't, there's not enough time in the day to talk about all of these guys, but there is enough time in the day to talk about the next gentleman. Okay. Wonderful talent. Absolutely incredible. Out of Washington. And this guy, Levi, oh my Lord. I hope I say this right. Anwuzurike. I definitely didn't say that right. Levi, I apologize. Anwuzurike. There it is. This kid right here is special another explosive guy fires off great one of the big things i saw about him on film when you watch this guy if he's singled up he's gonna beat the man in front of him mm -hmm. you have to send double teams after the guy the 6-2 frame he's only 290 so there's concerns there about size you look at 6-2 290 you look at Aline mcneil 6-2 320 it's a big gap there there's a big huge fat gap but this kid fires off great, low pad level, great bull rushing technique, as you pointed out here. Here's some stats for you behind also his last two years at Washington, because he didn't play this last year due to COVID and opting out. Six and a half and six sacks. So 12 and a half sacks in his last two seasons, everybody. You like to see those types of numbers. On top of that, his tackles for loss. Oh, excuse me, my bad. That was his tackles for loss. So tackles for loss, six and a half and six. So 12 and a half tackles for loss. Okay, five sacks in his last two seasons. Played a lot as a sophomore, a lot as a junior. I can only imagine what he would have looked like on the field this year as a senior and how much weight he's really put on and what the size looks like now. He's had a full amount of time to develop and get ready for the NFL draft, which you love to see. The big thing for me and the big question is going to be, where does he fall to? Yeah, that is a big question, you know, but I think he's going to fall because... Uh, really, when you look at it, he is kind of more of a one-trick pony when it comes to the bull rush. Mm -hmm. His explosive get-off, and then it's a lot of bull rushing. You know, there's not a lot of great technique as far as getting by, and that's why I don't think he's, you know, as talented as Lee McNeil because Lee McNeil's hand placement and all that is so much better. Like you brought up, the rip and swim are fantastic. Arm over gets there, um, but Levi, you know, he just doesn't do that. I mean, if if Jim Tomasulu was our defensive line coach, he would 100% draft this guy. <laughs> because he's going to drive everyone back in bull rush. That's what he does.
but I think there are developmental skills there that you could use and develop. Um, yes, the 290 frame kind of makes me nervous a little bit because I'm not sure how much more weight he can put on. I think this guy is a max 300 pound player. Uh, I don't see a lot more growth there, but 300 pound defensive tackle can do it. So yeah, he would make sense. And I do like the explosive first step, the way he gets off and causes issues. I just wish we seen more pass rush technique. Five and a half sacks need, you know, over a two year span needs to improve. Um, but he could be dominant if, if he learned and got into the right scheme. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. He has a lot of the physical tools and a lot of the physical gifts. And you've seen what they've done with a guy like Kinlaw, who is viewed as more of a bull rush type of guy. And how, how much he has come, how far he has come so far in just a year with Kasarik. It's a guy who fits in well. It really just depends on where he's going to end up falling to. I think they have a chance of going after a guy like this, though, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is the guy that makes sense. That's why it's smart that we're talking about him because, you know, he's he's definitely not going to go super high, you know, on the boards. He's going to fall. And so it'll be kind of in the the range where the 49ers could be thinking defensive linemen because I don't – even though I want him to take Aline McNeil, I'm not sure they will because it's going to be second round where this guy will be later on. So they could definitely go get him if they want him. Here's another guy with some measurables, gentleman out of LSU, Mr. Tyler Sheldon, Woo. 6'3", 350 pounds. This guy is a gargantuan. He is huge. He's a big dude. Uh, collapsing the pocket, yes. Hard to move, yes. Uh, this is all the things as a D-line coach. He literally has all the things that you dream of in a big sort of inside three-tech nose tackle type of guy in terms of just being able to get in there and clog things up and just make it difficult to do anything on the inside game, which makes it a whole heck of a lot easier for your linebackers if they're not having to cover multiple areas in space. They can go to a gap fill. Right. Expect the bounce outside to come because you can't run and fill in the middle of the lane. Uh, this is entirely doable. I'm a little surprised he didn't go back for his senior year after opting out this year just because he doesn't have as much tape on him. So it's going to be it's just going to be hard for him to fly up draft boards because there's just not as much out there on this guy as there are other defensive linemen in this draft. But he checks all the physical boxes. Yeah, he'd be a great three, four nose tackle, to be honest. I mean, that's kind of what this guy reminds me of the old Gilbert Brown and, you know, those kind of guys. Um the one thing I'll say about him is he doesn't get moved off his spot. You know, he, he's kind of in his area and he doesn't get pushed back. So it's hard to, you know, run where he is at. Um, but there are some things, some negatives to look at. Number one, there's been rumors that he's been up as high as 380 pounds, which is way too big, which means he has a, you know, a, a kind of a weight problem in the offseason, which is always scary when you're thinking about, you know, a defensive lineman we've seen it in the past with other players. And they let their weight fluctuate, and sometimes it gets the better of them. Uh, the other thing is he doesn't move very good. So if you have any type of zone run scheme, you can get to the outside, and he can't get there. He's not the greatest athlete. He's kind of just a dominant force in a little area. You know, this isn't – he's not as athletic as Vince Wilfork and those kind of guys. But um, I think this is more of a 3-4 kind of guy, you know, at the nose tackle position. I don't really see the Niners taking a gargantuan like this. It's going to be um, He doesn't really fit what they do. He doesn't really fit the, you know, Chris Kassara area, but you never know what they'll change. You never know what the 49ers will end up deciding because they always draft somebody that you're kind of like, what, why? And then they switch something up. So what, why, how? Yeah. What are you doing? D'Amico Ryans might have a different idea, maybe an obvious, yeah. you know, passing guy. Um, so we'll see what they do, but I, I, I think he's a big player and physical. I just don't know if he's going to be the type of player we're going to look for. 
yeah, it's it's hard to say for sure. You like the big body frame, but we run a little bit more of a wide nine scheme speed. Is yeah. at times a little more important, but it is a new D coordinator. Yeah, new identity could be coming around. Maybe they're looking for something like this. You never know. They've had a lot of success working with undersized defensive linemen, guys like Deion Jordan, getting them working out in space and and translating and producing on the field. Maybe maybe they're gonna make a switch and go with a little bigger size guy. It's it's hard to say for sure. It's yeah, hard. but you can't not check the box. You can't look. 100% you have to look into it. Gotta look Agreed. into it. Uh, next is a guy that Horst is a huge fan of because he's a USC Trojan. I mean, mostly. It's it, mostly that. Also, he's a pretty solid player. Jay Tufele. Mm-hmm. Defensive lineman. USC Trojans. That nice crimson color there. Another guy. 6'2", 305 pounds. Another guy I'm a little surprised isn't going to stick around one more year. I think one more year, especially because it wouldn't hurt him in terms of draft stock. Um, He's only going to produce his first two years at USC. I know he's a redshirt guy. He sat his first year, but his freshman and sophomore campaigns at USC. Seven, or excuse me, nine and ten. Ten tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. His tackle numbers doubled from his freshman to his sophomore year, his redshirt campaigns. Um, he He's really, really good at movement. This, unlike the guy we just talked about uh, in Tyler Shelvin, this guy moves a whole heck of a lot better in space. Better lateral movement, better upfield, can change directions. You don't have as much worry about him playing against zone running schemes right. and zone run games. Uh, he does have some things he's got to work on. He does have some technique stuff he has to clean up. Solid player, solid defensive lineman. I'm just a little concerned about where he's going in drafts because he goes a little high at times in some of these mock drafts. Yeah, I, I think people look at him and where he comes from, and that's why. But he's a, he's tough and he's aggressive, you know. And the thing is, the way he plays. He, he's always got good leverage because he plays low. He doesn't get too high, which we see a lot of these guys, they play too high, you know, especially bigger guys, but he's athletic. I don't think he's one of those guys that's going to, you know, get you double-digit sacks or, you know, anything like that. He's going to cause havoc, though. He, he plays will. with a high motor. 100%. He's going to disrupt running backs from getting to their lane, getting to their spot, forcing guys to change directions. And our linebacking core is great at filling downhill and yeah. gaps and stuff. It's going to create a lot of opportunities for him to get tackles for loss. Well, I think he's a you know, four or five sack guy. You know, I do. And, and that's what you're looking for out of your defensive tackle. I think he is an upgrade over some of the guys we have there. So he would make sense because if you plug him in there and you know that he's going to add to your rotation and eventually you know, supplant some of the guys that you have because he's better, then you go ahead and you make the move. I do like the aggressiveness, though. And I like the attitude which, I mean, that's what you need from an interior defensive lineman, especially at first being a rotational piece, playing behind Ken Law and those guys. You want somebody that can come in and still have the high motor and still be able to go. And when you're, if you're not losing a whole lot, you know, yes, Ken Law is, is going to be special, but this guy can come in and, and do big things and just keep the pressure on. That's what it's about. Keep the pressure on, help stop the run. You need, you need solid guys, and he's one of them. And if it's better for Ken Law if he's not playing 90% of your snaps right Agreed. now. Agreed. Young guy, give him some time. Let him be the most that he can be. If in two or three years Ken Law's playing 90% of your snaps and it's dominant, great, fine, because he's coming into the prime of his career and he should. you want him on the field as much yeah. as humanly possible. But right now as a young guy, you don't want to overexhaust him. You don't want to overwork him. You don't want to put him in situations where he's not going to have success because that is going to lower confidence and that's going to stunt development and growth and just his ability to believe that he's one of the better guys on the field, potentially. So you get a guy like this in who can rotate in, take some pressure off the young man, give him some time to catch a breather so that way he's giving you giving you his best every snap and every down. Gives this guy a chance to develop, Jay Tufele. Gives Ken Law a chance to shine and star. Defense is better overall because of it. 
Yeah, and you always want to add good players, especially to the front lines. So adding a great defensive lineman would definitely help. And because he'll be available in kind of the mid-round range, he's definitely a possibility. 100% is. Last guy here on our list that we're going to talk about it is a gentleman that the 49ers met with. Yeah. Met with this guy. Give everyone a little insight into Mr. Darius Stills. So Darius Stills is just a penetrator. He's quick. He gets up the field. He's got a small frame. I mean, 6'1", 281 pounds, which screams, you know, light. Um, you know, he's not some guy that's going to take on double teams and be able to stop it. He's kind of jumps in the gaps and just gets upfield. So if you're looking for a disruptor, this is the kind of guy you're looking for. I thought it was interesting that the 49ers talked to him uh, just because, you know, he doesn't really fit the a, a actual mold. But maybe they're looking for a specific type of guy, somebody that can come in on third downs and rush from the inside. Um, he's going to be available late in the draft. So he's somebody they could target late and just get somebody that they could develop that has a lot of quickness and a lot of ability to get up the field and cause problems. Um, I mean, the just pocket disruptors are hard to find. And this guy is one of them. So I like him. Overall, he plays low. He has decent hand placement. I think he could improve on that. Um, but as a quick you know, pass rusher, I think he's somebody that you could rely on. As a run stopper, that needs to be developed. 100% definitely needs to be developed. Um, he did have a good amount of tackles for loss in his 2019 campaign. I think it was 12. Uh, so basically won, won a game for the most part for him, which is impressive to see. And you're hoping to see similar type of production from him in 2020. Didn't happen. Yeah. Dropped all the way down to seven and a half. The sack numbers have been pretty solid the last two years. He's got nine and a half over his last two seasons there at West Virginia. Um, I just like some of the things that he does in terms of the disrupt the pocket aspect of what you're saying um, in terms of just the way he's able to maneuver around blockers in space makes a quarterback have to think twice about sitting there. Can't you're not comfortable stepping up in the pocket because where he's attacking you from, he doesn't take traditional pathing like angles to get there. Yeah. It makes quarterbacks feel like the pocket is a pocket around him. Isn't where it needs to be. You get out a little bit earlier and then he had a linebacker that we're going to talk about in maybe a future episode coming up. A dark horse episode that was flying downfield whenever a quarterback stepped into those gaps, thinking maybe I have a chance here to escape. Um, so he was able to play off of his teammates and, and the strengths around him in order to shine and stand out on film. He looks good on film. Yeah. I like the things that he does on film. It pops. Um, and it's a name that isn't being thrown around as much. No. The first time I heard about him was when the Niners reached out and said, "Hey, we're, we're basically we're talking to this guy, everybody." When Darius Stills came in, we interviewed him. I was kind of like, "Huh, all right." And took took a look at some film, and I was like see why yeah definitely there's something there and and the Niners as we all know the Niners now especially this year after all the signings they've made they're looking for guys that they can grab later in this draft that may have some upside potential upside that they can do something with this guy has a lot of the physical tools that Chris Kassara can work with and it fits into their 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 I I wouldn't say their ideal but the guys that are their project defensive linemen are a little bit on the undersized meter yeah they're a little bit on the undersize you know the weight's not necessarily as up right away when they come in and they're a little bit on the shorter side as well they're not necessarily looking for guys that are the most big dominant burly men um they're looking for guys who are strong powerful low center of gravity low pad level um and explosive quick first step and technique right. wise like you said great hand power and placement those things are more important for a guy like chris kasarik he feels he can work with those guys and get more out of them than necessarily the guys who are 6'3", 6'4". Yeah, the 49ers defensive line is predicated on speed. 
I mean, it really was in 2019. You saw that Armstead and Buckner playing, you know, on the inside. DJ Jones, very quick first step. You know, and then you have Bosa and Ford on the outside. And then what they do, Epicom comes in. He's going to work on the outside. So they're just value speed. It's all about speed for the 49ers. They're going to give up a little bit in the run game, but they're going to make up for it in the pass game. And the NFL is trending towards the pass. So they are trending their defense towards that as well. It makes the most sense to add speed. This guy is very fast. He has a good first step. A lot of the guys we talked about right here are explosive first step guys that get up the field. That's why they make sense for the 49ers. If they didn't have that, we wouldn't be talking about them. It's true. You know, I mean, if you really look at all their defensive linemen, that's what all of them have in common is that they have a great first step and they get up the field and cause penetration and cause problems and disrupt the pocket. That's what you're trying to do. Get Russell Wilson off his spot. Get Kyler Murray off his spot and also be able to kind of play in the gap and make sure that you keep them where you want to go. If you have a big slow guy, they're going to be able to run right past him. If you have a guy that can move, you know, from gap to gap, you can mirror him, cause him issues. Uh, so it's, that's what they're looking for. Yeah. They want court, these quarterbacks throwing on the run a little bit. They want them throwing under duress. You want guys who can cause duress. You don't want guys who are engaging with blockers yep. and struggling to get around. Hopefully one of these guys, if they're selected, turns into just that for this this front four. Because if you're able to add another piece that can get after these, these quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, get after these quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, make Matthew Stafford hate life every time he has to take a snap for the Los Angeles Rams, as our boy Anthony Steves would say. Man, it's going to be really, really hard to do anything against this secondary, do anything against this linebacking core. You're going to become a very one-dimensional offense. And if you become a one-dimensional offense against Kyle Shanahan, you are putting your defense in positions where they are going to have to stop one of the best offensive minds in football in bad field position scenarios. And with the Niners having all the momentum, good luck with that for four quarters. Yep. Reloading the defensive line has definitely been a focus. Could they do it in the draft? Maybe this awesome. might one of these guys might be their pick. They could add to an already stacked defensive line yeah. and make sure that the gold rush is set, you know, for this year and and the future. So I mean, yes, I would be down with some of these guys. I like them, and I hope the 49ers, you know, just keep plucking great players. Is it going to be D line? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. I really hope it could be Ali McNeil. I'm not going to hold my breath though. Let us know what you think about these five guys that we talked about. Is there any one of these five that you're in love with? Is there any of them that you hate? Is there anyone that we missed? Let us know about it down there right now, chat, and in the comment section below. Who did we miss? What did you like? What did you hate? And while you're down there, don't forget to like the video if you haven't already. Hit that subscribe button and help us get to 750 subscribers before draft day. It is literally around the corner. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We are almost to pick number three. We are almost to our live stream draft day. You wanna be here for that 5 p.m. right here live on Thursday. Yeah, you wanna be here. You wanna find out who's gonna take it three and who's gonna take later on in the draft too because we're gonna be on for day two. When the 49ers go on the clock for 43, we will be live. We will be here ready to go talking about it. Could it be Aleem McNeil? Could the 49ers go defensive line in the second round? Will 49er fans lose their mind if they go defensive line in the first or the second round? There's a good chance. We will see, but I think it's going to be interesting. I think one thing we know for sure, the 49ers are going to get an impact player in the second round. Who's it going to be? That's going to be the question. It's going to be exciting. You don't want to miss any of this great content. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure that notification bell is hit and go find our premiere videos. Go find our premieres for our live streams. 
hit that reminder button. That way you're reminded as soon as we go live. So you work here immediately. You don't miss anything. You don't miss any live reaction. You don't miss any of the picks, nothing. You don't want to miss any of it. And until draft day, 49ers fans, you stay safe. I remember the right way is always the 49ers way.